welcome to episode 243 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you solo today. Uh, Fong was not able to watch the game, unfortunately, so I'll just be going through the game uh, by myself. So, well, it's a good thing that I guess Fong didn't watch this game because it was an ugly one. Um, before we get into it, um, just want to quickly go through, I guess, some of the news before this game. So, Kata was made available this game. He ended up playing two minutes and racked up three fouls. Like, I think, yeah, I think all of them were on Joel. Um, Len, um, Alex Len, I mean, was out with illness. And Fox was seen this morning um, during shoot-around, so I assumed he, he was able to play. He did play, so... He, yeah, uh, on the other side, uh, Anthony Melton and Tyrese Maxey were out, and Thibault started in place of Melton. So, um, that's basically kind of the pregame news that we got. You know, a little bit excited, you know, without Ma Melton and Maxey. They don't have a lot of guard play, uh, the 76ers, I mean. So, there, there, there was some hope. Yeah, I didn't go that way. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really bad game. Um, so, game started out somewhat promising. Uh De'Aaron Fox draws two fouls on uh, on Matisse Thibel right from the start. It's a, it gets a little bit back and forth, but this was what this game was about. Fouls. So Keegan gets two fouls at 826. Sabonis gets two fouls on 730, 736. They, like, both of them were pretty, pretty meh calls. Like the first one where, I, where um, MB just... You know, drives, lowers his shoulder, and then just flops to the ground, like honestly, like a little bitch, like a little bitch, and gets the call. And then the second one, I forgot what it was, but I think it was kind of legit. Um, point is, MB just an absolute like foul drawing machine. He ended with, uh, let's see, he had nine free throws in the first quarter. Like that's how just how MB was just hunting for fouls, and you know, like. Without Sabonis, the Kings really didn't have a guy for him. You know, this was one of those weird games. You might have needed Alex Len, and unfortunately he was out because, you know, you just needed a big body on him. And, you know, it, there just wasn't, like, the size to deal. The, I, I don't know how Alex Len would have done. Like, Alex Len is not exactly, like, quick enough to guard Joel Embiid, but, you know, you just needed another body there. Uh, they tried Kato on him, as I mentioned, like, got three fouls in two minutes. Um, just really, really, just a really ugly first quarter. The Kings ended up trailing uh, 39 to 32, which wasn't too bad. But at, when Sabonis comes back in in the second quarter, you could see him like play a little timid just because like he didn't want to pick up his third. He ended up picking his third really quickly at 10.53. He's, it was a, I thought it was a really bad call. I thought he jumped straight up, but he stayed in the game. And, you know, just play timid, I thought. And it kind of trickled down to the rest of the team. Now, this was kind of the key the key portion of the game because in the second quarter, the Kings only scored 23 points while the Sixers scored 41. A lot of them were of the kind of... Uh, is it like the bullshit variety? Is that a little too strong? But, like, they started getting hot from three. And it's, you know, shooters that honestly aren't, like, great. Now, James Harden has, you know, been... He, uh, he's always been, like, he's been a bit down as far as I know from three-point land. Let me just check his stats real quick. He is shooting, he's shooting 34% this year. So, you know, not shooting great from three. He hits, I think, like, 
three step back threes in this game or like just three threes in the in the quarter and you know that that got the that got the Sixers going and as I mentioned on the other end the Kings just could not buy a bucket they just could not hit any threes they were 10 of 42 and that's actually generous that's 20 24 like just under 24 percent that's actually generous because they hit a few threes like at at the end of the game where you know the game was a bit out of hand anyways like the kings just could not buy a three they could not buy a basket and the crucial stretch was when joel was out they did not attack montrez harrell as much as they should Uh, a montrez was i believe a plus 13 in his first stint which you can't have like you know the Kings were very afraid to attack Jojo and you know, for good, for good reason. Jojo is a great rim protector. Although like he wasn't as dominant as I thought he was, but like, you can just see the effect of just his presence on like underneath that rim. Like guys just didn't attack him as, as often as they should. And, you know, and so when he checked out, like it's time, it's time to eat, man. It's time to like go to the rim and just score and just try and get as many points as you can. The Kings ended up, just playing timid and just and yeah the Sixers were able to kind of expand that lead and basically the Kings never threatened after that um let's see what else what else uh so you know the the foul trouble sure like that that was an issue but the real issue was the Kings just could not hit a shot and they ended up turning the ball over 17 times this game I believe 12 in the first half so they kind of cut it down in the second half they made a bit of a run, but they just didn't have enough juice to kind of fit, kind of really mount a comeback. But it's it's just one of those, it's another bad one from the Kings where, you know, like it's a make or miss league and they did not make, they did not make enough shots. And it's another one of just those games where they didn't have it. But, you know, like, do, do we still want to, do we want to use that excuse again? Like New York, more or less let they almost they left the door open for the kings but they just did not make shots they did not execute properly and just just looked sloppy and just looked disconnected a step slow like maybe it is an east coast thing like we just watched uh, the bucks dominate the warriors and um granted it's not the east coast but the suns just lost to the houston rockets which is really funny um i don't know the, the west coast is not having a good time right now on on road trips and you know, it is what it is, and you just hope the Kings can bounce back. I, like, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, Toronto is going to be tough. So let's see if they can bounce back in that game. Um, as I mentioned, just the Kings just oh, pretty much the most of the game were just scared to go against Joel. Although in the second half, Sabonis kind of did his thing. Um, you know, he didn't, like, directly attack um Joel, or although he did, and it didn't go very well, but where he had success was as the role man. Like as a role man, he was able to kind of get get downhill. And Joel, like despite despite again just having his presence down there, you could see the effect. A bit lazy, in my opinion, as a defender. Like d- doesn't really move much, but like just with a crazy length, just was able to block shots and just intimidate guys. But like Sabonis got going a little bit and. You know they, they they found something, but they just could not get the uh, requisite requisite stops, and again just could not hit a shot from the outside to really mount a comeback in the second half. Um, I the the one thing the Kings do need to get better at, like so that they don't get you know down in such a hole where they have to mount a giant comeback in the second half, they need to get off to better starts. 
in the New York game, they gave up 36 points to the to the Knicks in the first quarter. And then they get and then they only score 22. Just kind of the same themes. Like shots didn't go down. Like there were, there were a lot of open shots this game and in the Knicks game. And they just could not hit from three. So it's just one of those kinds of things where again, make or miss league. And you know, if you're not making shots, your defense is still isn't good enough to be able to really, you know, intimidate guys and like make guys think twice. So, you know, they're gonna they're gonna try and eat. And if you're not gonna be able to score and put pressure on their defense, like they're going to really start feeling themselves. And that's kind of what happened this game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how the Kings adjust. Again, the next game is going to be really, 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 really tough. And the Kings need to need to make sure they get off to a good start. And that was one that was, you know, like, granted, it wasn't the reason why they won the game in Cleveland, but they got off to a really good start. They scored what? They scored 31 in the first quarter and the Cavs only scored 20. So, like, holding holding a team, like, down in the first quarter – that sets the tone, and, you know, the past two games, the Kings just haven't done that. They've kind of just let the other team just kind of get going and just, you know, start feeling themselves a little bit. Um, I, I mentioned Sabonis, like, got going. He was really the only bright spot for the Kings. Like, he, you know, Fox will get the MVP, MVP chance when he comes back if he plays well, but the MVP of the team is Sabonis. He, you can always rely on him to get, to get you points, get you rebounds, be that stabilizer, and, you know, even though he was in foul trouble, like, he, he only ended the game with four fouls. And, you know, he he knows how to play through it. And he is the steadying presence for this team. And he really does deserve, like, all the flowers that he gets. And, you know, the, the other guys need to step up because he, he definitely did. Um, Fox in his first game back um, kind of just, you know, right back to where he left off. And uh, not, in a, not in a good way. Five for 15 this game, one for seven for three. I don't like the seven attempts. Like I, I've talked about it. I think he just settles for that. He's fallen in love with his jumper a little too much. Granted, like the, again, with Jojo back there, like it, it is, it's tough to be able to kind of get around him, but you know, get to the mid range a little bit more, you know, get to your spots. Like the few times that he did get to his spots, he made, he made some shots. He made some plays, you know, get back to that. Stop settling for threes. I just, it's kind of getting a little bit frustrating just watching him sometimes. Only 13 points and one assist this game. Like again, Sabonis has been showing up every game. De'Aaron needs to come, needs to get back to form. I know he's probably still hurt. You know, he sat out two games, but probably not enough. Probably needs a little bit more rest. But right now he's just not looking good. And a lot of that is part of his aggressiveness. You know, he needs to be aggressive attacking the rim. He drew two fouls, like, you know, to opening to you know, on Matisse Thibel, and I thought it was going to be a good game for him because he was aggressive. But then, you know, it kind of petered out, and, you know, he needs to do more as the star player of the team. Um, Let's see. Uh, other guys that other guys that were notable, um, Kevin Herter, one for five from three, just, again, had two wide-open threes to open the third quarter. That would have, you know, gotten the, gotten the Sixers a little bit, you know, nervous. But again, he's just not hitting shots right now for some reason. And you know, Keegan Murray one for four. He, he I, I just feel like he needs more shots. He only took five shots. Harrison Barnes kind of just did kind of a you know not a great Harrison game, but he did what he could. I mean, but again, like just the in, just the like the really good rim protection that the uh, that um, Joel Embiid provides. It's tough for him to get inside. He, he just can't overpower guys you know, normally like he does. Um, let's see, who else? Malik Monk didn't have a good shooting game, but he did have 16 points. 
Now, again, him, him and Fox have the kind of the same problem. Just jacks a little too many threes. Like, sure, if it's like wide open off a spot up after some ball movement, sure, go for it. But don't like just settle for like dribble in rush jack up threes. Like, and you know, he, he's he need he needs to play well as well. Like he needs to find his rhythm back a little bit more. He's definitely lost it, but he's crucial for this bench to be able to find their offense. Uh, Terrence Davis had a decent enough game. Um, just, you know, he, he did what he could and, but it just wasn't enough. He, he, he was, he was kind of a bright spot, but you know, just, it, it is what it is. I, I don't really, I don't really hate what he did. I don't really love what he did, but you know, he provided the energy. He, he kind of, he really like produced within his minutes and just, it, it needs to be a better collective effort. And right now we're just not getting that. Um, on the 76ers side, I just, I thought, so, um, Joel Embiid, you know, ended up, ended up, uh, with thir- 13 free throws. He made 11, uh, had an easy 31 point game. Uh, just no one could stop him. He's just too damn big. <laughs> like that's just really what it is. And, you know, rightfully did get a lot of shit from Kings fans on Twitter. Although I, I did feel it was a little unfair to give like James Harden too much shit. Um, James Harden got a lot of hate, uh, from Kings fans, even though, didn't really he wasn't really much he wasn't really annoying as far as i noticed you know he he tried to foul bait a few times but they didn't call those calls and also like he just he was he didn't need to be aggressive he just kind of just he, he played his role he was the he was a table setter he's still a really good passer and you know the kings just you know they put D, like they just kind of let him get to a spot and let him set other guys up you know the way to stop james harden nowadays is the switch because like he can't really get by his man as well as he used to. So, you know, the Kings probably needed to do that a little bit more, but you know, good, good game from James. He, he had a, he kind of had a bit of a rewind game in terms of step back threes, but he, he didn't really get to the basket at all this game. So, you know, I, I didn't, I think it was a little unfair how much hate he got from Kings fans. I will say the, the one thing that really stands out to me, the the Sixers just kind of stop moving whenever he starts dribbling. They you know they clear out and let him go to work, and it is jarring watching that just because you know like it really does kill the offense. And right now he's not good enough to justify that. He can't really get by his man, and he you know he is he is the he is the like the designated ball stopper of the team. And I don't imagine it's that fun playing with him. I'll just say that. Um, let's see. Tobias Harris just kind of did his thing. He always seems to play well against the Kings. It's just, it's just one of those things where the Kings don't like their team defense just isn't good enough. And, you know, the on ball defense of like a Harrison Barnes, just, you know, he, he's going to be in the right position, but he's not really going to be able to block like Tobias's shot. He's not really going to pressure Tobias's shot and Tobias can get to his spots. The Kings have always been really bad at do like, you know, stopping guys from doing that. So, you know, Tobias had a good game and you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't the Kings night. Um, yeah, just a ugly overall game. Uh, to- next game is uh Toronto and, uh, yeah, I had, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, the King, I, th- I think the Kings have an 80% chance of losing that game just because it like, it's, you're going to have to go through custom and Toronto is one of those teams that's very heavy on pressure and they have a lot of long wings that can really like limit a limit a guy like De'Aaron Fox and limit a guy like um, Malik Monk. So let's see what they can do. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to to a loss, and you know maybe they show maybe it's one of maybe weirdly enough it's the game they win for some reason, <laughs> and you know but I'm I'm not gonna have my hopes too high for that. It, it's gonna be a tough game. Um, you know, King, Kings are Kings are kind of digging themselves into a bit of a hole, but it's understandable because this road trip has been a has been brutal, and you know just weather try and weather the storm, try to just steal a win wherever you can. And you know, once you get back home, hopefully you find your rhythm, real rhythm back really quickly. Because so far this this road trip has been pretty ugly. You know, I mean, you had the Cleveland win, which was great, but you you had stunk it up in New York. You stunk. Well, like you kind of just got beaten. You just got kind of just got outworked. Not outworked, but like you just you got big boyed by the by the Milwaukee Bucks, and you know you just got big boy by the 76ers. So. You know, hopefully they bounce back next game, and you know, let's hopefully they make it interesting. Like the guys didn't play that many minutes this game, just because you know Mike Brown threw the towel in pretty early, which was understandable. Um, just you know, rest up, get through customs, and hopefully you can pick up a win in Toronto. Uh, so, all right, uh, after the commercial break, you'll hear me, and likely gonna you're gonna hear from Fong as well. So. We'll be talking about the Toronto Raptors game after the commercial break. Okay, uh, so let's get this out of the way first. Fong is back. He, he was able to watch this game. And, uh, you know, that's actually not the most surprising thing, believe it or not. The Kings actually won this game. Yeah, by literally one point. And it was, a, I want to say it's a close one, in my opinion. Look, coming into this game, I had said I thought the I thought the Kings had an eighty percent chance of losing this game, and because they're traveling from Philadelphia, and they're going through customs, and they're probably getting to like Toronto maybe by midnight or past midnight, and then you know you've just been beaten up in Philadelphia, and then you know you got to face a very very long Raptors team, a very aggressive Raptors team, and yeah, that was going to be rough. But for whatever reasons, the Kings sometimes do this. They win the ones you don't expect sometimes. Yeah, and especially, you know, missing Kevin Herter, which I, I actually didn't know he uh, was out. But with his replacement, TD, pretty well, I got to say. Yeah, let's start with TD. TD, I thought, was good for the most part. Like, you know, he hit five threes this game, added 19 points. And, you know, just was a ball of energy out there. Again, I call him the agent of chaos. You know, he he is a bit erratic. He gets a little trigger happy, but he basically kind of replaced, you know, Kevin Herter's production, right? Like almost kind of like exactly like what you would think Herter will produce. Yeah, I'd say so. It's just that he probably attempted a lot more freeze. And, you know, knowing TD, I mean, he shoots those sidestep threes as often as he should. Yeah, so you know, the, you know, losing Herder like didn't hurt as much because TD came to sh- like came to play. Play it's former team, by the way, and you know, like good good for TD again. Only uh, uh, the only starter that didn't play thirty minutes again, a bit erratic is kind of why, and you, you kind of see, and so you know, but overall, good game from TD. Mm-hmm. All right, so they managed to steal this game. Uh, how do they do it? They attack the basket. I. In the last game, it was pretty frustrating watching them. I don't think you caught the highlight. Did you caught the, catch the highlights at least or no? No, sadly, no. 
Well, the, one of the most frustrating things about that game was the, the Kings kept shooting threes despite not being able to hit them. And also, they missed wide open threes. When you miss wide open threes, you know, the you know the jumper just isn't going. You got to attack the basket. Now, understandably, JoJo was waiting down low. Granted, I thought he was a bit lazy as a rim protector, but his presence alone, like, just, you know, throws off guys. And, you know, they couldn't get anything going. But in this game, despite, I like, I described the Raptors as a bunch of small ball fives. None of them can actually protect the rim at all. Like, I was surprised at just how bad the rim protection was. Yeah, which is interesting because we still shot a lot of frees <laughs> with 46 and 17 made. And it was a very slow, like, I guess, shooting night towards the beginning. But towards the end, we got it running. Yeah, like, that's the other part of it, of course. Like, they, the Kings actually made threes this game. As you mentioned, 17 for 46. The important part is they hit 17. But, like, the fact that they got aggressive, they attacked the basket, that opened up, like, better threes. Because, like, last game, you know, they were just jacking them up for the sake of jacking them up, like, a lot. They, again, they did get open ones, but there were a lot of jack-up shots. And in this game, again, like, just without the rim protection there in the back, they, they attacked just enough to kind of keep the defense honest, I thought. And, again, it really stabilized the game uh, when, when things kind of got ugly. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about like what like what I mean by getting ugly. So in the third quarter, um, I believe so De'Aaron Fox gets he fouls Fred Van Vliet, and I believe he actually got fouled. And De'Aaron is talking to the ref, he's talking very aggressively. He gets a technical foul. That that incenses Mike Brown to come onto the court and like try to almost not throw hands. He was just walking towards the ref, like looking like Julius Randle, essentially, just walking towards the ref. And he gets ejected. That ends up with five free throws for, for Fred Van Vliet. So there were three, basically a total of three technical fouls. Two on Mike Brown, one on Fox, and then also two free throws. A four-point lead turns into a nine-point lead. And then turns, I believe, into an 11-point lead. And things looked t- like bad. But the Kings were able to stabilize. They kept tough. They attacked the basket. And they managed to, I think, tie it or like, only go down by four uh, by the by the end of the third and that's kind of when things started to get a little interesting mm-hmm. yeah and we have <laughs> i mentioned rashawn holmes actually checked in in the later parts of the third quarter and uh you know didn't do much really because we didn't really have much of a plan for him but uh did that, hook shot. Did that hook he, shot. he did yeah <laughs> Other than that, uh, we started uh, going on a little run towards that uh, later half uh, or later part of the third quarter, excuse me. Yeah, like the, uh, the, it's just so weird watching Rashawn now. He doesn't know where to be, it feels like. Like they're just like, no, like with Mets, who at least you'll see him kind of move to a certain, like the open spot on the floor, but Rashawn just doesn't really know where to be. And part of it is just he's rusty. Like he hasn't played really. Like, in forever especially like meaningful minutes like it's it's just kind of it's just kind of unfortunate to kind of see that where you know a guy that was so good like you know last year and the year before like now just has no place on this team yeah and we really don't have a backup big man uh to play off the bench other than you know mixing it up with Sabonis and maybe play some small ball uh, from here and there, but other than that, like 
we need a some some games we're gonna need a big man and definitely Rashawn's kind of that guy but I mean we need someone like Kada to play some more we'll we'll talk about that backup center thing in a bit I got something interesting for you mm, okay but yeah like I, I mean it's probably just best to just move on from him he just looks lost right now unless he can somehow figure it out and you know I'm not gonna rule that out but like it's just not the right fit for him and we'll, we'll see if things we'll see what happens with him whether he stays on the team or not but hey like you know he he put he hit a big hook shot to kind of keep the kings close and yeah as you said the kings kind of went on a run like in the latter half of the third quarter and you know that's where the kind of the game again got interesting um uh, mm-hmm. let's talk let's talk about that fourth quarter so i i actually didn't watch a, a portion of it one thing that i did notice was the kings kept attacking the basket they were hitting their threes but on the other end, Pascal Siakam like b- smoked. I think like three layups in a row. Was I wrong in, in that? Like, hey, maybe two. He just missed them. It might be two because I wrote two, and it was two big blown layups as well, like in the face. Uh, Try to draw a foul on the second one, I believe, and you know, no call. Just rims out, and we get the rebound. So, yeah, and it just wasn't doing much on the offensive end. Uh, in terms of the defensive end, I mean, it's Pascal. <laughs> it's a big guy. But other than that, yeah, like really the only two guys that stood out for the Raptors was uh, Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. And yeah, like Scotty, he didn't impress me that much when playing against the Kings last year, but it was more of he didn't need to because his team was <laughs> whooping the Kings' ass. But like he's become, he's going to be, he's going to be somebody. He's good. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't understand the Kings kind of shading him a lot of the time, like, you know, uh, zoning against him, like trying to double him, because I don't think he's that big of a threat to score, but what do I know? But yeah, he set, he set guys up, he went to the basket, he, you know, he played really good defense, just an overall just really good player. Yeah, I mean, I want to say he hit like six straight points on us. Like we kind of slapped on them on the defensive end. And for Fred, I mean, my gosh, he, he makes layups like it's easy. Fred is one of my favorite players to ever watch. Like he's a guy that can hit some tough shots. Like, you know, the the absolute peak of his power is like in the 2019 finals. He was the most he was probably the most scary raptor out there. Like you, you can talk about Kawhi, but you expect that from Kawhi. But the guy that hit like those crucial shots, I felt was uh, Fred Van Vliet and some of the more ridiculous variety as well. He just, he's just one of those guys that like, he's a killer is, is how I kind of describe him. Just a guy that like is able to just, and kind of in the vein of Jalen Brunson, where the guy, he's really small, but he knows how to use his body. He's got great footwork. He knows like how to like cut off angles, use his like body to shield the ball. And it doesn't make sense how he's able to finish some of those shots. Like that one late where he like Sabonis forced him to pick up the ball and somehow he kind of, he kind of just like bull, like bulls his way to the rim for a finish. Like he's, he's really, really good. Oh yeah. He's really one of those interesting players that I don't know. (laughs) Let's see if he could, uh, Go somewhere with this team. Let me just check something real quick. He's shooting 36% from the field for the oh. season. Jesus Christ. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't seem like that way in this game. Just what, like, you know, 
he saw the Kings and he said, it's time to get right. He got right. <laughs> he he played, he came to play this game, but his rest of the team was pretty, it was, eh, to say the least. again, a lot of it was Pascal. Like Pascal was not good. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, like Fred VanVleet came to play, Scotty Barnes came to play, but the rest of the team, very, very, eh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could also say that you didn't have OG and, uh, I guess all poor junior. I actually didn't know he was in this team. Yeah. Um, just like, I, I will say it is kind of like ridiculous. The people to have coming off the bench, like they have uh, Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. um, Christian Colocolo, Ken Birch, Delano Banton, which I don't know why he only played five minutes. Like he's, I thought, I think he's good, but I don't know. But like, just the fact that they could bring in all these long ass wings, like off the off the bench, like whatever you want to call them, like I call them small ball fives, like long ass wings. It's it was really funky, like watching who the Kings had to guard. Who like Malik Monk was the primary defender on Pascal for possessions. Like that's how big and like long this team was. But again, it's weird how it's not working. Yeah, especially on the rebounding end. I don't know, like. They got a lot of rebounds, but we got a lot more for some reason. And we're a lot smaller. And, uh, I mean, most of it contributed from Sabonis. Jeez, yeah, 21 points and 20 rebounds. Yeah, Kings dominated the the boards. Like, it's weird how they were able to do that. Yeah, as you mentioned, Sabonis, you know, again, just another really, really good game. He is the the Kings' best player right now. Like, Mm -hmm. I know some people want to say De'Aaron Fox is the guy, and he's the guy that – you know, Kings fans champ MVP for, but Sabonis deserves his flowers. He always shows up, will always give you around 20 points, will give you double-digit rebounds, and more than five assists pretty much every single game. Just will always bring it no matter what. And, you know, all the flowers then, 40 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back, you know, as you mentioned, 21 points, 20 rebounds, seven assists, should have more assists, but... Just an overall, just another terrific game, and he does he does it every single game. Yeah, not gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be a close game at the end because uh, <laughs> both Monk and Fox missed their first free throws, which cut and uh, what you call it. Um, I forgot who scored the point. Thing it must have been Fred. Uh, just cut the lead to a one possession, and my goodness, like. Uh, Fox tried to draw an offensive foul on Fred, who was swinging around the wing. Uh, but yeah, left, left him wide ass open. For yeah, left. <laughs> that scared me. I'm like, oh no, please no overtime. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> overtime now. Luckily, he misses. Siakam uh, puts it back in with 0.9 seconds left, and I'm like, okay, I think we should be fine. Yeah. So it's. I mean, yeah, you know, untimely free throws. The Kings can't always find a way to make it interesting. But, hey, it's it's good that they were able to pull it out. They did the things that they needed to do to win this game, and they were able to steal this one on the mm-hmm. road. You know? oh, yeah. Let's talk about Fox. I thought Fox had a, had a great game. Now, he didn't shoot very well, which was surprising. Nine for 23, four for eight from three. Like, that's actually pretty good. I don't like the eight attempts because I, I think he's – I think anytime he takes a three, it's settling. He's settling for a shot, but just, you know, was aggressive attacking the rim despite not getting really any foul calls. You know, again, Mike Brown was ejected because Fox couldn't get a foul call. And, you know, he actually apparently ended up getting stitches for his left eye 
Like mm-hmm. that's how bad it got. You know, he's constantly like showing the ref his arms like getting scratched up. But he attacked the rim aggressively. And all, and the most impressive thing about, about this game for him, I thought, was him using the threat of his drive and just setting up like setting up guys really well, especially Sabonis. Like being able to like there was some really nice pass where he threaded the needle like a laser right to Sabonis because like two guys were on him and just yeah, it was a masterful game I thought from him. And you know this is the fox we need in order to win a tough game like this. Yeah, definitely needed fox out there, and yeah, he netted ten assists. That's actually probably his first. 10 assists or double like digit uh, assist game of the season i would want to say yeah i think so too and yeah you could tell i thought he had more just because of the way again the way he used the threat of his drive to you know you know key to make the offense like pay attention to him and forget about the guy rolling to the rim again masterful stuff from him in this game mm-hmm uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Barnes won the defensive player of the game chain, uh, according to the Kings. I'll be honest, like, I didn't see a lot of what he did. It's just because good defense is when you don't, when guys just end up not doing anything against them. It's hard to spot these good, these good defensive possessions. But, you know, Barnes, like, you was really good about just, you know, using his, using his craftiness to kind of get to the rim. And he, you know, he shot well from the free throw line this game, four for mm-hmm. four, could not hit a three, but he was able to find ways to contribute. Yeah. I mean, he's Mr. Reliable. Can't really say anything bad about him this game other than, you know, he, you could uh, barely remember seeing him out there, but you know, he does his job in the defensive end. So, I mean, congrats mm-hmm. to him for winning that defensive player of the game. Yeah, like again, the good defense is when things like random things just don't happen, is because they're able to kind of stop it before it even becomes a problem. So, you know, credit to him, and they kind of needed him against guys like Pascal and stuff like that. You know, they just, you just needed some wings out there. And, you know, credit to Keegan. Now, Keegan, I thought, had a really good game. He was only two for eight from three, but those two threes were huge. Oh, yeah. And I thought he was really good on defense too, with like just using his length and just his arms. He had a really good read on a play where he was able to kind of read a pocket pass like beautifully. And yeah, he's getting better every day. And credit to him for being able to adapt on like on the fly as well as he has. And just being able to, you know, weather the storm despite having a really, really bad shooting stretch. He's finally kind of finding his stroke with his team. Mm-hmm. Actually, how did, well did he do last game or like in the Sixers games against uh, those guys? Uh, no one, no one played well. No, he he was probably the best shooter out there because no one else was hitting any threes. But yeah, like no one played well. Okay, except for Sabonis. Sabonis played well. That was really the only thing. But you know, no one else showed up. I see. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to quickly go over? I already talked about the stitches. Oh, apparently. This is this might make you laugh. So he might need to wear a band aid uh, next. Week. <laughs> uh, that's gonna be funny. So we'll, we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for a band aid gate. Um. So yeah, he really he really got fouled a lot, and you know he could c- clearly see the frustration building with Fox. At a certain point, these refs really need to like actually call these fouls because Sabonis is a victim of this as well, where there are no foul calls like for him. And then on the other side, for whatever reason, the slightest bit of contact, they'll call him for it. That was what happened in the Sixers game, which was insanely frustrating with, you know, Joel flopping like a little bitch <laughs> the entire time. 
and just drawing fouls on on Sabonis. It's not fair, really. Mm-hmm. Like the refs got the refs got up their game, man. Oh yeah. Stop disrespecting the Kings. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see. Anything else you have for the Raptors game? That's actually all I have. Mm, yeah, not really. Other than the uh, Fred had a pretty good game. Oh, surprisingly, he he uh, missed a lot in the second half, I guess, because he had a pretty good percentage uh, coming into the second half. Um, yeah, th- 33 points in the third quarter. Well, not in the third quarter, but by the end of the third quarter. And, you know, scored six more points. Like, he was kind of taken out of the game uh, in crunch time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Scotty pretty much, you know, supported that fourth quarter, uh, you know, maintaining, uh, you know, co- going neck to neck against the Kings. But yeah, other than that, that's about it for the Raptors, I guess. It did not feel like he had 27 points, but that's the effect that Scotty Barnes has. He's a guy that like it can be a kind of a hub of an offense type guy. Now, you don't want him as your primary creator because can't I don't think he's a good enough score to be that. But, like, just the fact that he has 27 points, like, really surprises me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, oh, uh, one more thing I want to mention about the Raptors. I did not realize how bad their shooting was. They're 6 for 21 um, from three. Now, the fact that they only had 21 attempts, like, that's jarring to me. And also, Gary Trent Jr. didn't play all that much, which was weird. Because, like, he's really their only shooter. Like, actual shooter. Hmm. That's interesting for you to say, because I thought they would be inside the paint most of the time. Which was kind of what they were. (laughs) Like, that's what they did. That's how they were able to kind of, you know, be as close as they they were. We outscored them from the three-point line with with 11 threes, and this was a close game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I I just, just, I didn't know their shooting was this bad, and I guess that's their biggest issue. And we'll talk about about that in a little bit, but, you know, it's just surprising to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now if you don't have anything else for the Raptors, I'll just uh, talk about some miscellaneous news. Uh, so, Monty McNair did an interview with Jason Anderson, and so did Vivek, although I think they did it separately. But McNair says, you know, despite you know not having an extension yet, hasn't he hasn't ta- he didn't talk about whether they're in talks for an extension or anything, but he does say he wants to stay in SAC. He's very happy here. He loves the fan base. And Vivek, uh, I guess, interviewed separately, says he's very pleased with what, what Monty McNair, uh, Wes Wilcox, and the rest of the front office has done. So signs are, the vibes are good. But in terms of an extension, the fact that they're not talking about it does concern me. Yeah, I mean, if you like Monty McNair, you might as well just resign him. I mean, I was, I mean, who else is uh, better than Monty to do the job? The thing, yeah, I mean, there's been conspiracy theories about, like, Wes Wilcox is the guy kind of waiting in the wings to take over, which uh-huh. that's going to, that's, I, I I hate that. Like, not that, it has nothing to do with Wes, uh, Wes Wilcox, really. It's just the idea of you have something going with, like, the with a guy, but on, in the back of, like, in the shadows, there's always another guy kind of just scheming like to take to take the to actually like steal the position from behind like you know uh I, james ham described it as a little finger and now that you watch a uh, game of thrones you know <laughs> what that means oh there's yeah always a there's always a guy just creeping in the background kind of manipulating things from the shadows it was joe dumars at one point he's gone now yeah and arguably that guy is still there in west wilcox 
look, Wes Wilcox could could like have all the good intentions in the world. Like maybe I'm just react overreacting, but it but you know with the history of the Kings, you really can't rule that out. Yeah, I mean, hopefully all this me- well, it's not really meddling at this point. It's it's just I, I don't know what to call it. It's just uh, just extend them. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Just extend them. We should just start a movement at some point. Just please, like at some point, there needs to be like a sign, a movement, a hashtag. Please extend McNair, or you know, hashtag don't fuck this up. So, yeah, which is interesting because we don't hear too much news about um, McNair's extension because I don't know within the Kings media or the well Kings like subreddit that I went through. I mean, once in a while I see it, but. It's not overly, you know, talked about. Well, everyone's busy with the winning. We're winning. <laughs> we're winning. To, you know, that's going to dominate the news. The beam. The beam has dominated the news. Like, you know, I, I get it. But at the same time, please extend the guy. You have finally got something good going. Just just, just do it. Like, I, like, this does mirror the Vlade thing in some ways, yes. But I think, I think Monty McNair is better than what Vlade was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. So um, just uh, King King's news, just not like it's trade news, although it's early. But um, James, or James Edwards, not James Ham, uh, came out with an article um, talking about the, the Pistons uh, trade, basically talking about the P- Pistons roster and kind of their situation in terms of like being on the trade block. So interesting thing is that like apparently Sadiq Bay is like gettable, although not directly linked to the Kings or anything. Uh, but one guy that was directly mentioned with the Kings is that, or actually t- take a guess who that who it is. From Detroit. From Detroit. Marvin Bagley. <laughs> it is not Marvin Bagley, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that'd be like full circle. I, I did uh, another team though. Uh, there was a funny report. I don't know. I don't even know if it's true. I said I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Lakers are interested in Kyle Kuzma. Oh yeah, I saw it. <laughs> that. That stuff we could uh, you know come full circle. But I don't know. Do the Lakers really have anything to give for him? Uh, let's not focus on the Lakers. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think they're getting. Kuzma. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Detroit. Who do you think the Kings have been linked to? Alec Burks uh, comes to uh, mind. Uh, no, has former, he played? Former king, former king, by the way. So yeah, so is the person you're uh, you're mentioning? He has for the not Kings played before? much. He has not played much at all. Oh, has he played for the Kings at all? He has not played for the Kings. Okay, so that. Uh, who else is there? I no Corey, not Corey Joseph, Kevin Knox. It is not. I'll just tell you. It's Nerland's Noel of all people. Oh, geez. I've, I totally forgot about him. I should have told you he was traded to the Pistons. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting how like so that doesn't really mean anything. It just might have mean like, oh, they asked about him or something. But the fact that they're interested in him, like Rashad hasn't Rashad's not working out, as, as we mentioned, it just doesn't seem like a guy that just like works well in a non-pick and roll offense mm-hmm. but like Chimezi Metsu's been fine but you know it doesn't hurt to get an upgrade at that position so that's that would be kind of my reasoning for why they would be interested in Orleans Noel 
I like look if it's not gonna cost if it doesn't cost you anything sure why not I and you know he adds a little bit more size that you know Metsu simply doesn't have and you know it's interesting it's not something that I'm that excited about no yeah not really myself either I mean I feel like there could be a better offer elsewhere like you said it's it's up to what we're offering for or to the Pistons for him, which it shouldn't be much. I hope. I doubt it. Like the dude's not even playing. So I mean, the only competition you'll have is that other teams will probably try and bid for him. But again, he's not a guy you break the bank for. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, talking about like breaking the bank. So we just played this team. So there was a report. I believe it was from Bleacher Report. There's a rumor out there that. Masai Ujiri, the, you know, the GM or president of basketball operations, I forgot which one, but he is looking to blow this team up. And basically everyone other than Scotty Barnes could be available. Now, emphasis on could be, and we don't even know if they're going to blow it up, but, you know, we've always been, I've always been interested in OG and OB. I've always been very interested in Pascal Siakam. So I guess my question is, would you be willing to part ways with because this is this is where the conversation will start would you be willing to part ways with keegan murray for either pascal or og uh, that's i mean it's tough to part ways with uh keegan uh, but for pascal and og that's very interesting i'm not gonna lie and we're probably gonna have to give up a little more <laughs> than just Keegan, right? Huh? Well, yeah. Like, I assume you're only gonna get one of them, and so that's what I mean by you. I doubt we'll get them both in a trade. That's gonna be a crazy ass trade. Yeah. But it will start with Keegan, I think. Like, that's that's what the conversation is gonna start. Whether where it ends up is a whole nother is a whole nother conversation. But would you be willing to part ways with OG? Let's start there, or part part ways with Keegan to get OG. I would say yes, not going to lie. I like OG. I would actually say no. I mean, because just because OG's nice and all, he and he would he would be an incredible like get. I'm not giving up on Keegan for OG. Hmm. I'll, I'll give I'll give you I'll give you like, you know, Harrison Barnes and, some, and maybe a draft pick or maybe a draft pick. But I'm not giving that much for OG. OG's really, really, really good. But in this game, he didn't play. And there, there are health concerns, you know, with him. He mm-hmm. didn't. Put, he he was injured quite a bit last year too, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be concerning, and definitely, I, I doubt the Raptors would accept that Harrison Barnes trade. Yeah, I don't see it either. But like, thing is, he, he like Harrison Barnes kind of fits what they need, and you know, he comes off your books the next year. Worst yeah. case scenario. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know maybe they really want to rebuild like you know having some money to, to get off your books is not the worst thing that is very true yeah and it's too bad we can't you know put Rashawn in the trade walk as well because I mean not it's not gonna be enough no yeah you're not gonna OG for him just because mm-hmm. there, there will be better offers out there and yeah you're going to put in more but what about Keegan for Pascal I mean, it's definitely not going to be one for one. That's for sure. Yeah, you can add in like Rashad Holmes and stuff like that. And maybe even, I don't think, you don't have to include Harrison Barnes. 
I mean, to be honest, I like both players, but for some reason, I'm leaning towards OG more than Pascal. Like Pascal, I, I, okay. I could be half and half. I I mean, I would think about it because like Pascal is that kind of player where, you know, he's hard to get. He's a really good player. And, you know, he could he could kind of change your team. Like that's a big trade. That's mm-hmm. a big swing. And it might it might be worth taking that swing. But, you know, this is me just being a prisoner of the moment. I just watched him play. I, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> and the funny thing, and the funny thing is Keegan would fit perfectly on this Raptors team. Like mm-hmm. you have like you have guys that essentially kind of cover for not even like defensive shortcomings. Like he's not a bad defender. He's just not a lockdown defender. And, you know, they have guys to cover for that. And he would add the shooting that this team needs. Mm. Yeah, that'd be it'd be pretty interesting. Maybe I'll change my mind in the future. But yeah, as of right now, not not too uh, not liking Pascal at the moment. Also, like I'm not trading Coke Keegan for OG. That's just too. That's just too high of a price. Mm. Like I would try to talk them down into trying to take Harrison Barnes instead, and you know, and a, a few, maybe one or two draft picks. Oh yeah, that's I would definitely do Harrison Barnes first before Keegan uh, if that were the case. But like I said, yeah, there's no way Toronto's gonna take him unless they unless they waive him. Why would they waive him? I don't know. <laughs> look, look, if they wave them, that there's a that's a red flag right there. Now, granted, you would take the talent, but that is a huge red flag. <laughs> I'm I'm just I for, totally forgot what we were talking about. To be honest, <laughs> trade trade Harrison Barnes for OG, and you just get rid of it right away. <laughs> Oh, I, I no. guess you could buy him out. I guess, yeah, I, guess that, I guess that. I guess that's what you actually mean. Like, yeah. it's like waving. Like the the only time that's ever like happened before is like Josh Smith, and yeah, that was a that a man just waving like it was a seventeen million dollar per year, which would equi- which would be equivalent to almost like third like twenty seven million now. Yeah, yeah. Like just waving a player like that, that'd be incredible. Oh man, I'm, I'm thinking about fantasy football right now, where you know. <laughs> I'm the manager. I could wave whoever I want and get whoever I want without <laughs> any uh <laughs> without any negotiation, without any of the human elements and all that and stuff. Without any money. <laughs> and it just turns out that being a GM is hard. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, uh, I I mean again, a prisoner of the moment. I, I I came into this game thinking I would do Keegan for Pascal. But you know, uh, we'll see how things turn out. Like again, I don't get why they're putting Pascal on the on on the trade block if he is on the trade block. Uh, like the, there are people like saying, "Well, he don't he doesn't fit well with Scotty Scotty Barnes." It's like, why? Why don't they fit well? They're two really good players. <laughs> that that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You can make. I think that you can make it work. Cause like, where are you going to find wings like that? You're just not going to be able to find wings like that, like easily. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've never gotten why he's kind of like always, again, always seemingly perpetually on the trade block. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, you have told me before this, you have not uh, watched any more episodes of Game of Thrones. So we won't be updating you guys on that. Um, a- anything else you want to quickly talk about? Mm, 49ers do play tomorrow. Oh, they do? Oh, they they got a Thursday game? 
Yeah, they got their Z game. On Amazon Prime, right? Uh, yes. And they're playing against the Seahawks. Are, are they division rivals or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely they are. And uh, uh, I heard Purdy was – wait, was Purdy injured? I think he was. He's – really? How many, how many more injuries you guys got? He just played. Let's see. Let me check because I remember looking through fantasy. I'm like, what? He's questionable. Uh, so, yes, he is questionable with an oblique slash rib injury of some sorts. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the injury curse continues. He, he, just, he just got on the floor. I mean, got on the field. Jesus. I swear, if we get a fourth quarterback somehow to play, which I, I don't even know who else is behind him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure he should be fine uh, for the most part. Okay, well, big game on Thursday. And then also for the Kings, big game on Friday against Detroit Pistons. You know, uh, like you might you might think like it's going to be an easy game. They're the Detroit Pistons. Actually, let me check. Did they win today? Against the Hornets. Yes, they did. Jesus Christ, 141. Oh, OT. That's OT, why. yeah. Like, I, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to mention, I mean, we went to the Pistons game back at uh, the Kings home, and it was, it felt close, and it felt like, yeah, I, I wasn't going to see the beam <laughs> that night, but we fought to the end, and hopefully we'll fight throughout the whole game to, you know, come out with a win. And, you know, I was just going to mention, like, you know, you might look at the Pistons as a as a bad team. This is the, this is going to be the final game of the road trip. You're on the road. There is there is a lot. There is all the chance in the world the Kings come out flat and never recover. That is a very real possibility. And for you know, for all you know, just we just hope to, for the love of God that they don't do that mm-hmm. and just come out strong and take care of business. Because yes, they're not a great team. They're one of the worst teams in the league, but they're at home. And they got some tough guys. And I think Beef Stew will play. I think Sadiq Bay will play. You know, Sadiq Bay, perpetual Kings killer every single time. So, you know, like let's hope, let's hope the Kings don't take this one easily. You know, take get this last win, keep the momentum going, get back home. And I think you face the Hornets when they come back, if I remember right. Mm, at home? At, at home, yes. Or is it at home? Pretty sure yeah. it's at, pretty sure it's at home. Yeah, at home. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, we'll be facing the Lakers soon too. The surging oh. Lakers. That'll be an interesting game. That's also at home too. That's a, yeah, we got a big homestand. Yes. Oh. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six game homestand. Jeez. Okay, then. Yeah, so that will be yeah. So just come out strong, finish this road road trip strong, you know, get get back, get you know, get another game in the win column, and then you're gonna have a big old big old uh, homestand where you know you can even you could even further, you know, uh, move up the standings, essentially. Yeah. Currently, we are six after today's game. How, uh, how far are we from Minnesota? I think they're the 12th, right? Minnesota, they're 11th right now. We're two games behind. So, okay, that's something. I expect them to lose tonight. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll see Golden, how that goes. Yeah, Golden State in the 10th seed, also two games behind. Yeah, Golden State just lost to Indiana, and Steph looks like he's injured. Not not good in the Golden State right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
All right, uh, let's uh, call this one. Uh, we we will catch you guys back after the Detroit game on Friday. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.